Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome, good people. Welcome to our show. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about Amazon, how you can sell on Amazon, how you can get results on this very competitive niche, welcome because today we are going to discuss how to do it, how brands can grow on Amazon because it's hard to ignore this channel for e-commerce products. And before we start, I just want to tell about our sponsor, the full SEO course. Uh, you can find this uh, course uh, on website unlist.com. Just open the homepage and you can get the link with a great discount, good discount, like 82%. It's a lot. <laughs> so just use this approach because many great experts uh, share great valuable insights uh, on this course, including Lily Ray, uh, Jeff uh, Coyle, uh, Mike Phillips, many, many others. And I'm so excited to discuss today about Amazon with Bill Chortland. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, I try my best to pronounce your second name. Sorry for that. <laughs> because... no, you did much better than most. Oh, great, great. Nice, nice. Okay, Bill, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about Amazon. Yeah, so um, in 2013, I graduated college and wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I had been importing products from Alibaba and selling them online. So I knew that I wanted to do something with e-commerce. At the same time, my uh, kind of graduate college and team up with my older brother and start working at my family's 80-year-old uh, manufacturing business. And we start distributing and selling a lot of like B2B heating and ventilation products on Amazon. We had access to all these different distributors catalogs. And a lot of these products were usually sold through a wholesaler who sells to a distributor, who sells to a handyman, who finally sells to the end customer. And in 2013, we were slightly revolutionary and just selling it directly to the customer through Amazon and having the prime shipping. Um, from there, things went really well. Sales grew crazy fast. And companies started asking, um, how do you do that for us, basically? We, we were featured in different media and press and speaking at Amazon conferences and Amazon podcasts and such. And people really liked our story and resonated with it. And so that's how my uh, current gig, Goat Consulting, was started about six years ago. And at uh, Goat Consulting, we help run brands and manufacturers' accounts for them on Amazon. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. You started on Alibaba and then switched your attention to Amazon. Am I right? Yeah, so there was always uh, probably I would say about maybe 20 to 30% of sales came from Alibaba and us um, finding products, finding manufacturers, and then branding them ourselves and selling them to the customer. And then the other, say, 70% of the revenue was from us calling up established brands in these kind of weird categories that people had forgotten about. And just calling them up and saying, hey, can I place a purchase order with you? And um, nine times out of 10, if you call up a salesperson and ask them to give them money, they say yes. 
Nice, nice, awesome, awesome. Okay, uh, can you tell where to start for a new brand? For example, if I'm going to sell on Amazon, I have zero reviews, zero rating, but high quality products probably compared to others. So what I need to do first, because on Amazon, it's hard to get organic reach because of many well-known brands, uh, products that have ratings. What to do if uh, it's only my first time? I think first and foremost is you just need to niche down. I've talked to way too many companies who have explained to me that they make the best product possible and their product is higher quality than everyone else's. But on a platform like Amazon, it's hard for your brand sometimes to tell its full story and explain that, no, 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 our lotion was invented at MIT and then every Harvard doctor says it's revolutionary. You look just the same as the Joe Schmo Wills lotion if, if that one has a thousand reviews and you have two. Um, so I think in the very first thing is just picking the right product and picking the right category. You really want to go like one more category down than what you think. Um, so just don't sell birdhouses. Sell birdhouses only of a specific bird or that kind of that process where you really want to niche down and that's going to make your life that much easier because you can start ranking for these um, very specific search terms right off the bat and then slowly work your way up to ranking for a more um, broad search term like just generically birdhouse we're trying to do it the other way around we try to rank for a very hard um, to rank for keyword first and then eventually have the long tail keywords kind of trickle in that tends to be not the best way to go about it Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I love it. It, it. By the way, it's the same with any other channel. It doesn't matter. SEO, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, yeah, you don't need to compete with big users, websites, uh, companies, uh, uh, because uh, it's better to find much simpler way they uh, watch, they ignore, because even big companies, they ignore a lot. They can cover uh, everything so yeah you can find them and can you tell how to find this niche how to find these products that you can sell on amazon uh, niche related that have lack of uh, propositions on amazon yeah this is a little harder to describe especially my personal process since i'm just interested in a lot of weird random things so i just come across products all the time and i look at it from point of view of like oh this is a tool that helps you take horseshoes off horses to me it looks like a chunk of metal with one bend and somehow they're getting away with selling it for 99.99 so it's like worth in my head i'm like okay the chunk of metal with one bend sells for a hundred dollars i think it might cost somewhere between five and ten dollars let's go on alibaba let's look into this a little bit more and so that's kind of where my intuition comes from first and foremost and then i like to do kind of some quick competitive research using a software called jungle scout with Jungle Scout, it's really easy to look up the estimated sales volume of basically any product on Amazon. And so then I would look at horseshoe removing tool, search that into Amazon, add up all the revenue on that first page, and then add up all the reviews on that first page. And what I'm trying to see is a lot of revenue compared to little reviews. If there's a million dollars total a month in sales in that category, and everyone on average has 10 reviews, I think, okay, well, I can get 10 reviews. And if I get 10 reviews, I'm up there competing with the best in the best in the category. That sounds pretty reasonable. But if there's, say, $100,000 total in revenue and everyone has 1,000 reviews, 
it's like, okay, so best case scenario is I get up to a thousand reviews and then I only get a slice of this hundred thousand dollars a month pie. This sounds like I have to work really hard to not get that much revenue. Let's try to focus our energy on stuff that's more dollar per hour output. Yeah, yeah, priorities are key. Yeah, I agree with that. So, okay, uh, can you tell how uh, organic reach works on Amazon? Because, for example, on Google, it's really sophisticated mechanism. Nobody knows exactly how it works because of AI system. Many things change, and but we know the foundation, content, links, uh, other parameters, uh, and uh, SEO specialists can choose where to pay more attention to get these ranking positions. What about Amazon? How to find out what actually works and uh, before creating your st strategy? Overall, the um, general um, way Amazon's algorithm works from my point of view is that it is tailored to, because it's just like the Google one where it's kind of still a mystery box of what's going on. But um, I see it from the point of view of whatever you do to make the customers happier, your rankings go up. Mm -hmm. And so Amazon wants their customers to be as happy as possible. And so the way I see it is that there's, um, say, if you, if 100 people search for horse shoe removal tool and 99 of them click on your listing and then of those the 99 all purchase you're sending a signal to amazon's algorithm that someone searched this keyword you popped up for it they couldn't help but click yours over everyone else's because your photos your pricing something's so much better than everyone else's and then once they clicked into your listing there was no funny business there was nothing shady going on the customers trusted you you're exactly what they wanted for the right price it's in stock at amazon they bought it and so all it does is just like positive signal after positive signal sending to Amazon's algorithm that like next time someone searches this keyword, put this product in front of the customers again, because this, this product makes customers happy. And the exact opposite is true, is that if you try to do some funny business and you get on page one all of a sudden, but no one wants your product, um, eventually people are going to click on it and then click out. Your conversion rate's going to go down. Amazon's going to say this is less relevant for customers who search this um, keyword in the past, so we shouldn't show this as much. And so there's that side of the things um, where you're just trying to like essentially have people search things and make customers happy. And that's like the, the best way to like quote unquote build links or like the equivalent. And then the other thing is just like inserting the keywords in strategic places throughout the listing where like the title is weighted more important from my point of view than the description is. So make sure that the main search terms you want to search for are in the title, the description, you can kind of just put all the other search terms since people don't read the description as much. There's places in the back end and search keywords. You can insert keywords into the bullet points. You can insert keywords into the A plus content. Um, you can insert keywords into Q and A section. And so then it's a combination of putting as many relevant keywords as there as possible so that you show up for as many searches as possible. But once the customers actually click on your page, how do you convince them through trust to actually buy your product? Because that's going to really actually help you in the rankings. Nice. Nice. Okay. Let's talk more about headlines. I found that on Amazon, most sellers usually write lot uh, headlines. Uh, and for example, I don't need description when I have this lot uh, headline so I can get all information before clicking that okay i need to check out this product can you share some methods how to write these headlines to increase ctr to get more clicks uh in amazon sphere 
Yeah, so we do a combination of keyword research and figuring out all the different keyword combinations. Obviously, customers are searching and what search the most, search leads, most competitive, least competitive. But at the same time, we also do surveys with Amazon customers and asking questions like, what would you search to find this product? What would you tell your friend this product's called? Do you know what comes included with this product? Do you know how to assemble this product? Do you have any questions about this product? Because that helps us a lot with trying to figure out if there's any sort of pain point that's going to scare the customer away from clicking buy now or add to cart. And if we do need to say, okay, everyone doesn't know if batteries are included. So let's actually include in the title batteries included, right? In like parentheses and that, that type of thought process. Because what we're trying to do with the title is trying to get the um, search terms that are going to be the most competitive and most relevant and get those in there. And then with the bullet points, we want to more think of it from a point of view of going into your competitors' um, reviews, looking at all their one-star reviews and explaining how your product solves that problem. So if everyone says it comes broken, okay, you write in one of your bullet points, comes double bubble wrap so that it never ends up broken. Um, next one is customers say they didn't know if it includes batteries and the other one. So then you make sure you say it includes battery in the second bullet point. And basically you want a customer, if they are researching around subconsciously to look at the listing and feel comfortable. And that's usually through our, our survey results. And then also if they're doing hardcore research, they looked at all the competitors reviews or trying to figure out what's best. If you go in there, explain all the problems and how you solve them, you sound like the hero compared to everyone else. Yeah, nice, nice, love it. By the way, this guy from North Korea, they have no Amazon. Probably they will have in the future. I hope for that. Yeah. <laughs> and but right now they upload some interesting information. Okay, Will uh, about uh, convincing. You mentioned, for example, when customers open your product page. Uh, you need to persuade, convince them, give a solid reason to change their heart and money with your products. And I know in marketing, uh, people change their money with products if they feel that money costs less than your products. So you need to convince them that your products can simplify their lives, uh, improve life experience, many other uh, definitions. So can you tell how to do it, how to convince users to buy your products on Amazon? Well, this is one of the best parts about Amazon is that people come to Amazon with their wallets open and ready to buy. Um, a quick example is um, Snapchat used to sell sunglasses with the cameras on their website, and they were selling them for about $180 a piece, I think. And then you went on Amazon and people were arbitraging them and selling them on Amazon for like $250 a piece. So that just shows that even with a big company like Snapchat, who probably spent millions of dollars to optimize their um, e-commerce website and their order flow, still people would rather spend $70 more to just buy it on Amazon and have it prime and just get it now. And so it's right back to what you said. Like part of what it is, is that Amazon is there to solve problems and solve them quickly. You're not waiting two weeks for something to arrive. And so you really need to get across to the customer like how quickly you can solve the problems and how easy it is. And so that it's almost like writing um, a script like for a infomercial late at night because you really need to say, here are the talking points. Here's the things you think could go wrong, but don't go wrong. And you need to buy this because your life's going to be changed today kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you tell how to create content uh, or write text for Amazon products? Because, you know, in marketing uh, for website perspective, we usually use many different techniques. It depends on the products, preferences. But on Amazon, when I check out as a customer, you know, many different products, I see some uh, templates or standard, I don't know. Uh, or, and uh, most uh, sellers usually use these uh, standards. Uh, can you tell, is it a good idea, for example, to uh, get out of this standard, I mean, like to share a story or anything else that will help to sell? Or uh, we have some restrictions on Amazon, how to create this content? Yeah, I think it really depends on the category. When I'm working with construction products or tools or anything like that, you really want to explain how you're the American made company, you've been around forever. So people trust your tools and that type of thing. And it's a totally different messaging than if we're selling um, lotion or makeup, where we have to explain that not only is it safe, not only should you trust us, but also like you're going to look beautiful too. And so it's like another kind of step of um, trying to convince the customer. But uh, the, the main issues I see with people is just not enough words. A lot of times I see people all the time have bullet points that are like one sentence long and it could be like five sentences long each. And so right there, you're just missing out on hundreds of characters of different keywords that might be relevant to a customer and different things you can do to explain to the customer why they might be apprehensive before they click buy now or add to cart. And so that's that's the main issue is there is within the bullet points. And um, for the, like Meg, I was kind of explaining, for the makeup products, it tends to be a lot more flowery language of explaining um, in more of a humanized way exactly how you're going to solve their problems and what the brand story is. Where when I'm selling more B2B products or in more hard hardware products or tool products, people just want to know dimensions, they want to know sizing, and they want to know that they can trust you. And so then, how do you get that across in a different kind of um, in a different kind of way to a different customer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it, got it, and. Uh... Do you help your customers to find writers who can write text for uh, products description or anything else? Because, you know, uh, it's a big issue with many of my customers. I still get the question how to write awesome text because on Google, it's very important. It's not only to take AI tool that we already write content. Uh, probably, yeah, it's a good idea to use AI tools because it can help to save time. But uh, in the end, uh, uh, it's important to edit manually all this information to provide valuable insights. What about Amazon? How it's important to find great writers who can write this text? And uh, do you help customers with that? Yeah, so we do all the t- um, copywriting for our customers. And it's based off our keyword research, based off our surveys of how do we optimize this for both both sides of things. And then um, we basically write out all the copy present it to the customer since they're usually an expert in their specific category. And then they can kind of adjust or see if there's anything you made mistakes on. And then we upload it from there. But um, no, I agree with the AI tools is that there is some um, products, say if we're trying to sell a rubber band for our customer. To write out five bullet points that are four sentences each about how great the band is can be kind of difficult because it's just like, um, it's, it works. It's, Rubber, like there's a, you, you run out of ways to describe it real quickly, where if you can sit right into um, like chat GPT, 
um, write me full five bullet points describing an e-commerce product that's a rubber band and how it's great for customers. At least it starts getting the mind going and figuring out, okay, I was in some sort of writer's block, but now I'm not because I can kind of think outside the box now. So that's, that's where we found it really helpful. And not that we can write any Amazon listings with it because it wouldn't write them in a keyword rich way and it wouldn't explain the product pro- properly to the customer. But um, when you're just brainstorming stuff like that, that's when we found it most valuable. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, let's talk about uh, other elements of uh, great content. For example, it's not only about writing. Writing, of course, is the foundation. Uh, I think, you know, uh, if I need to invest a lot uh, or uh, distribute money between different channels, I usually spend more money with writing uh, and editing because, uh, for example, Wikipedia shows great results. Many other websites, they uh, don't uh, create awesome design but they have valuable context and customers need this context but uh, anyway we need other content like pictures photos uh, uh, other elements can you tell uh, uh, about other elements including photos uh, videos uh, do we need to hire professional uh, photographs uh, or I don't know designers who can create this uh, content and how it's important for uh, increasing sales? Yeah, so I would say that the keywords and the text is what's gonna earn you impressions and get people to find your product. But what's gonna convince them to buy your product more times than not is the photos. And then as you get more sales because of your photos and the conversion rate goes higher, then you do earn more impressions. And so it's almost like the photos are just as important if not more important than the text. Um, having photos that are clear and that are like high quality that people can zoom in out of them with like a pure white background. I can't tell you how many listings I still see where they have kind of like a yellowish background with some like photo from the nineties. And it just makes you very uncomfortable to try to buy that product because it just looks like it's just not high quality. Um, but yeah, we recommend almost if our clients don't, um, to get all new photos of their products so that we can put our best foot forward. It's, um, really helps also with the advertising. Because if you spend, say, 10 cents per click and um, eight out of 10 customers click on your product, then Amazon makes 80 cents. They made 80% of their customers happy and they most likely clicked on your ad because you just had a pretty photo. Where if you have a bad photo and only four out of 10 people click on your ad, Amazon has to charge you double, has charged you 20 cents per click, right? and you're that much less relevant to the customer and all that type of thing just because you had bad photos. So like if you have really good photos, they can reduce your cost per click by like half. And so that's that's the kind of stuff where the photos really come into play. And then Amazon is inserting more and more places where you can insert videos in. And I think the video is going to be only more important moving forward. And any company that has like a internal video staff that can like crank out a video a week is going to be a huge advantage compared to the companies that like take a whole year to make a video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Google has the same system. Uh, Facebook has the same system. I mean, like, if people don't click to ads, that means uh, why Google needs uh, to list your ads uh, if customers can click other ads. So uh, if you want to list them, pay more. <laughs> you know, simple. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about... We also Wait. see it... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Real quick. Um, we also see it from the point of view of um, if you're running advertising on Amazon, it's a little different than Google, and you're sending um, paid traffic via those keywords, 
you send the same signal back to Amazon's algorithm that, hey, this keyword is relevant for this, this product and it makes customers happy when they buy this product. And so I think that we usually try to um, run a lot of ads in the very beginning because it kind of um, jumpstarts the Amazon algorithm into knowing that this product is relevant for customers and it makes customers happy, where it's a lot harder if you just have zero data to start. Amazon doesn't know how to trust you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Okay, uh, Will, I have the question about uh, paid marketing. If we touch this topic, can you tell, uh, is it good to... Probably we had some connection problem right now, it's okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I missed, I missed the end of your question. Can you ask that question again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about paid ads on Amazon? Uh, do we need to set up paid marketing uh, on Amazon? Because uh, I usually check out both organic reach and paid ads. It's hard to differentiate for, for customer perspective. You know, <laughs> when I see, I, I can feel it's the same content. But anyway, can you tell uh, how much does it cost and uh, uh, do we need to use paid ads in order to increase sales and even organic reach on Amazon? Yeah, I think ads are pretty mandatory. Um, Amazon did like $40 billion in revenue under advertising last year. So it's a big um, growing arm. They're coming out with more and more advertising tools. I would say um, the sophisticatedness of Amazon ads is still similar to like Google ads in 2006. Like there's still not a lot of granular things you can do. It's, um, it's still hard to do some demographics and that type of thing or advertise by state and that type of thing. But um, yeah, I think it's really important to not only um, make sure that you send positive signals to the Amazon algorithm that your, your product is relevant to customers, but also with them coming out with a new advertising type like every two weeks, I always assume that it's going to be the cheapest day one as you or might be the first person to be bidding on steak knives as a video ad or something. And then it's only going to become more and more crowded and more and more competitive as time goes on. And so just like any person who's in marketing, the whole name of the game is being quick and being the first one there where the, the CPM and CPC is as cheap as possible. Wait till the crowd comes and find the new place where CPC is cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Um, I have the question about common mistakes. Can you list mistakes that companies, uh, sellers still do and how to find a much better way? The most common mistake, unfortunately, we see is just people just not having their product in stock. We see all the time where it's like, oh, you guys did $2 million this year. You did $1 million last year and 30% of your products weren't in stock all year. So like if we can just keep everything in stock and advertise them and actually let the sales compound on each other, who knows where you'd be. So like keeping products in stock is one of the biggest issues, especially the last couple of years with supply chain and that type of stuff. But um, the other issues we see is yeah, people who don't advertise. And then lastly, people who are, don't have um, brand registry. If you don't have brand registry within Amazon, you haven't like told Amazon that you are the official brand owner. And so other people can edit your listing. You can't create a storefront. You can't place... Um, create A plus content. You can't do certain types of advertising. And so getting like the correct, just like foundation down of making sure you actually have a trademark, you have brand registry and you have GS1 barcodes is like this, the simplest thing that we see people mess up all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Let's talk about uh, other marketing channels. For example, uh, if I sell on Amazon, I have 
uh, all my items in store, everything is fine. But anyway, I'm going to sell them on my website as well. So I use other marketing channels. Uh, do you think it's a good idea to create similar content to Amazon that I have uh, on my items? Uh, and what about uniqueness? Uh, so I need to pay twice for copywriting, uh, editing text, uh, creating content, or it's better, uh, or I, I can use the same content. I wouldn't recommend using the same content just because in like a Google SEO search might be like best big screen TV 2022, where like no one would ever search that in Amazon. And so like, that's kind of like a, the customers are different types of customers looking for different things. So I, I don't know if I would just copy it over, but uh, Amazon does have some new programs like um, buy with prime where you can actually have your products in stock at Amazon's warehouse. And they'll ship each order that happens on your e-commerce website and the people can check out with their Amazon account and everything. So um, there is some ways to kind of supplement it. But uh, the way I see it for the most part is that having your own content, having your own website is great. You get to control it. You get to control your destiny. The great part about Amazon is the dollar per hour output where if you can get it all set up and it's all streamlined, you can spend very little time on your Amazon com account compared to how much revenue it's going to make. And so like you could spend five hours a week on your Amazon account and it could do a million dollars a year where you might have to spend 50 hours a week, hundred hours a week to make your Shopify store do $2 million a year. And so like, that's one thing I always just want people to remind themselves is that like Amazon is supposed to be um, quote unquote easy. So like, don't get too stressed out trying to tweak one keyword every single day and then try to test if it works again and test another keyword and test if it works because trust me, I've done it for basically a decade and that's not where you're going to make your money on Amazon. Where you're going to make your money is just like launching more SKUs or being in stock or spending more on advertising. Not any of these like little tweaks that you're going to get a little 0.1% here, 0.1% there. Spend your time elsewhere. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, Bill, I have the question about uh, your company, Gold Consulting. You know, uh, according to your name, uh, you are good with that, <laughs> even better than anybody else. Can you tell about your unique selling proposition? We have many Amazon consultants. Some of them spoke on my podcast before. They have uh, extended experience. But can you tell uh, how you can help better? your customers what kind of customers you have why i need for example to cooperate with you and some of my uh from my audience or my customers who uh, are looking for new ways to extend their uh, uh selling uh need to cooperate with your company yeah i guess the kind of amazon consulting agency um niche boils down to there's a lot of our competitors who are cheaper than us and their whole team is based um, in some other country. They have a bunch of VAs and um, you get to have great service, great product, but it, um, they might not know the intricacies of like American culture and why they buy certain products and what other products would make sense with it. And so you kind of get what you pay for. And then there's the other bucket of agencies who usually take a percentage of ad spend or percentage of revenue. They're usually located on the East and West coast and they have like ex Amazon employees there. And they say they got all this um, machine learning and AI tech and software. That's really going to optimize your Amazon account. And for a certain like big box brand, they can like speak their language and show up in with their suits and stuff in the boardroom and make sure that everyone's happy from the C suite up. And then we tend to kind of sit there in the middle where, 
we work with lots of um, family-owned brands that have been around for 50, 100 years each, where they're just looking for a Midwestern person who's blue-collar and going to get it done, going to do a great job, making sure everything's in stock, advertising, flat payment. And we're kind of just the get it done, simple, no-nonsense one. We're not going to um, ever just schedule meetings for the sake of schedule meetings. We're going to basically make sure we do it, our best job possible being your outsourced Amazon department and actually getting everything done where um, the other uh, agencies may be a little bit um, lackluster when it comes to customer support sometimes because if they have to get something fixed on Amazon, the one batch of our competitors may just not have the technical know-how and the other one just might have never actually sold anything personally themselves. They just were some random employee at Amazon. So they don't know how to label boxes. They don't know how to send stuff into Amazon. They don't know any of that kind of stuff. And so um, my hands-on expertise of actually just stacking pallets and doing everything myself from a distributor's point of view, a brand owner's point of view, a private labeler's point of view really helps us kind of give a holistic experience. Nice, nice. By the way, guys, I want to tell for all listeners, it's a very, very, very bad decision to uh, search for experts because of their price. You know, if you are going to find specialists who charge less for their services, uh, you can get high quality service. Uh, and many, uh, you, you can lose money. Uh, you know, with bad services, you can lose time, but it's better to order less with great experts and learn a little bit yourself. Because, for example, in my company, I found uh, when customers understand SEO, they don't need to be experts, but uh, when they understand SEO, results are much higher, and much better. So it's better to spend time to learn about that and cooperating with experts who can lead you in the right direction. Will, can you tell uh, how to start learning about Amazon? Uh, for example, if I'm going to jump on this niche, I have uh, great products and uh, uh, before cooperating with any agency, I want to know how it works, how to create content, uh, any insights. For example, if you started from scratch today without any experience, knowledge, skills, what will you do to learn more about Amazon sales? Um, so if I was trying to start my own business um, and I didn't have a product or anything yet, my first thing I would do is try to work for someone like me or work for some sort of Amazon agency. From that point of view, you will see what it's like to sell supplements compared to sundresses, compared to sunglasses, and see all different categories, what's easy, what's hard, what you like, what you don't like. And it's then if you have the entrepreneurial spirit, you'll just be sitting there writing down in your notes being like, well, I would do this differently. I would do that differently. I would do this differently. And then eventually you'll have a long enough list that it basically will create the business for you. So there, there's that approach. And then the other approach is someone who is looking to get into Amazon, who is like currently has a job at a brand, but they need to learn more about Amazon. And the best thing I would say is a combination of YouTube, Amazon Seller University. The Amazon has like their own video channel that's pretty good. That or just getting on a phone with someone like me is that I have like introductory calls all the time where people think they're asking really dumb questions, but they need to be asked. They don't know. And they, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so they ask questions to me for an hour and then they can at least know at the end of that, okay, we do want to do Amazon or we don't want to do Amazon or we do want to do Amazon, but just these products or, okay, it looks like we need to hire three people full time, not one person full time. And at least they have a better idea of what, what the next steps are moving forward opposed to them trying to Google like, 
how do I get my brand on Amazon? What's the best agency? Which that's going to get you wherever it gets you. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Got it. Okay, Bill, I have the question about the future. Can you predict the future on Amazon? Because many things are coming. Probably they will change the industry. But, uh, for example, when someone can tell that SEO is that, Amazon is that, Instagram is that, I usually reply, okay, we can see it's growing. It, it doesn't drop in one day without uh, any results. It takes time to change habits, to adapt to new environment. Anyway, can you predict how to, uh, what kind of future will be on Amazon uh, and uh, how to adapt today to the future? I think Amazon advertising is just going to keep getting bigger. Amazon mm -hmm. does a really good job of like doing zero shady stuff to get information about customers. They'll just straight up ask you, do you like the Dallas Cowboys? Did you have a kid lately? Like that will like pop up on your website. They'll just ask you. They don't try to like make inferences or do anything weird. And so people really trust the um, Amazon ads because they tend to not do anything weird or follow you around the web the same kind of way they like Facebook ads do. And um, the next step is Amazon is just starting to allow um, people who don't sell physical products on Amazon to advertise on Amazon. And that's where that cost per click is going to get crazy. As you asked kind of earlier, what's um, advertising costs? And it's anywhere from like, say, 50 cents a click to $10 per click kind of thing, where once you are starting to be able to sell homeowners insurance to people who are buying um, anti-flood devices on Amazon, that customer might be worth $10,000. So the, the cost per click might be $150. And now you're selling, um, you have Geico ads next to someone who's buying a tire repair kit. And, you know, and you start kind of going down that rabbit hole. You start selling um, uh, health insurance to people who are buying stuff for their, their heart, you know, and like all that kind of stuff. That's where it's really going to get that really expensive cost per click that's going to get into the hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And those are also the companies, not some guy spelling a spatula, like Geico, Ford, you know, banks, like those are the people who actually spend the big advertising buck, not like Joe Schmo trying to flip some um, spatulas. And so the $40 billion in revenue they did in advertising last year could easily be like doubled, if not more, honestly. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, Bill, I have the final question about you. Can you tell? The best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, where you share uh, a lot of information, uh, tell our audience they can uh, reach out to you, follow you, uh, get some valuable insights about Amazon, about updates, uh, any information about that. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, I got kind of a weird last name, so I'm pretty easy to find. Um, so yeah, find me on, uh, on Twitter, find me uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I don't think there's anyone else with my name. And then um, also on top of that, uh, you go to my website, goatconsulting.com, and you fill out our contact form, then you'll get put on our email list. And then I'll be emailing you every week of our new blog posts we write, new YouTube videos we've been creating and all that type of stuff. So that, I think that's the best way to keep up with us is a combination of a contact form or follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find the link uh, to Bill, uh, second name in the description below. <laughs> if you can't uh, read as I can because I'm Ukrainian, you know, for me it's hard to pronounce any names, but uh, anyway, you can find in the description. Uh, follow Bill on LinkedIn, uh, open uh, his website, uh, 
order the services and please tell that you uh, found on my podcast so it will be great you know a big pleasure to know that our podcast can help to grow other brands our colleagues and uh, guys uh, thanks for listening and watching us thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.